Kia ora and welcome to Cinema in Context, where we discuss all things film and the connections between. My name is Jeremy Downing. I'm William Chen. And I'm Max Tan. And each month at Cinema in Context, we discuss two films, one current and one retrospective, with some connection. It could be the same director, or same lead actor, or similar theme. And this month, we are discussing A Cure for Wellness, which has just been released at the cinema, and Repulsion, which came out in 1965. And both of these films, they have protagonists that are questioning their sanity. So, William, give us a bit of a rundown on A Cure for Wellness. Sure thing. A Cure for Wellness is from director Gore Verbinski. Um, he has done several works that I, I've really, really enjoyed. He's a very visual director. Um, first burst onto the scene with movies such as Mouse Hunt and The, the Ring. Or was it Ring? The Ring. Um, so basically, it is about a young business exec from New York, a very high flyer, who is sent by his company to a Swiss uh, wellness center to retrieve one of their CEOs. And along the way, he starts uncovering... Uh, shall we say, secrets and odds and ends that might not be so savoury. Excellent. And Max, give us a rundown on Repulsion. So Repulsion was directed by Roman Polanski in 1965. It was his first English-language uh, English film as he moved from Poland, I believe, at least that's where he's from originally, to uh, London. Uh, this was just after Knife in the Water, which I would hugely support. Um, anybody that's listening should go and see that. It's fantastic. Um, much more watchable probably than this film. Uh, but this film is about a woman's descent into uh, insanity, uh, played by Catherine Deneuve, uh, if I can get that right. I think it's a pretty um, good job. And so this was kind of Roman Polanski bursting onto the scene, got a great deal of critical um, support, uh, went on in a few years' time to create Rosemary's Baby, one of the most enduring uh, horror films uh, basically we've seen uh, formative of course as well he later did Chinatown which is one of the greatest uh, film noirs um, but he's been producing films all along the way also got himself wrapped up in some controversies with um, underage uh, relationships, underage relationships <laughs> is just problematic um, but I, I've actually been quite a big fan of him uh, I was in particular when I was at university uh, watched quite a lot of his early films, uh, things like Cul-de-Sac, which only came out, probably was kind of re-released, picked up and re-released about 20 years ago, um, and what's the other one? So yeah, Knife in the Water and Cul-de-Sac I'd really support, but I mean, even recently, Ghost Rider was the good. Pianist was the his Pianist was his big Oscar, Oscar winner. Was Carnage was, was not bad. I really like Carnage as yeah. well. I've never seen Carnage. And I, it's I really fun. Mm. I studied Macbeth at high school, so that was my first introduction to Roman Polanski. Mm. And Oliver Twist. Uh, so he's, he's, done some big, he's done some big films. Mm. And managed to kind of keep himself afloat over that. He also cameoed in Rush Hour 3, if people remember that. Ah, <laughs> good, good. Height of career. <laughs> I should also touch in while we're talking about his biography. He is quite well known for the fact that uh, his wife was murdered by Charles Manson. And she was heavily pregnant at the time. Yes, yeah. that's right. There was, there was a lot of discussion around, and I know this because we studied it at high school all that time ago, There's a lot of discussion around the violence in the Macbeth film mm. and was it in response to the violence that he'd experienced in mm. his life mm. after his wife was brutally murdered. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And we're I, sitting here with a lovely glass of... Shiraz. Shiraz from, from Australia. Australia. And some Classic on a Friday night. Whitaker's chocolate. Mm. After oh. a long, busy week long of teaching. teaching week, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so good to have you. We are missing Sarah, our fourth uh, compatriot. She is uh, busy being a teacher as well, but but uh, too busy to be here, and we, we sadly miss her. Uh, so Sarah will, will be back with us next month. And also, just a little bit of a spoiler alert, we will be having a full-on spoiler discussion tonight about both A Cure for Wellness and Repulsion. We usually try and keep the current film relatively spoiler-free, but we just felt for the sake of the discussion, we needed to get into a lot of the twists and turns that both of these films offer. For sure. So, yeah. I guess I just want to start by responding to, to your point, Max. I agree. I, I love Roman Polanski. I think... His films have, they, they do endure. And, you know, Repulsion in particular, it's still terrifying. Like, I still mm. found it quite disturbing and unnerving. And he has a real knack of creating unsettling images, but not in a just a horrible sense. Mm, like, no. there's quite a, quite a drive and quite yeah. a, an emotion behind, yeah. behind the, his The, the sense scenes. that something is, is wrong about the picture, you can't figure out, well, mm. you can't quite figure out why. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Something definitely brooding. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's a really interesting one, eh? Like, I want to start with Repulsion because I just had mm. such a good time watching it. There is some beautiful imagery in this film. I, I think just the shots where she's sort of staring at the wall and then it just cracks. Or, mm, mm. Oh my gosh, that's so terrifying. Yeah. Such and the sound scary. effects that accompany that, very, very cool. And quite, in some ways, those bits, are, it's, like, it's quite simple, but it's, it so suits the time as well. And it's just kind of, just seems so massive to have your walls cracking on you right there. <laughs> or, or to, your, your apartment to put your well. hand on a wall and see it sink in. Yeah. Some really cool imagery, you're right. Yeah. Hands coming out. Yeah, yeah. Very labyrinth for those hands. But mm. I, I think it was surprising to me how little of the film is about horror imagery. I mean, as you guys are saying, so much mm. of the tension just comes from shots of the main characters walking around the streets mm. or staring at something for yeah. what feels like two minutes at a time. Mm. Um, but the combination of that with its use of sound effects, which are Oh, so good. Mm. And score? Well, and that's score, the ambient yeah. score, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there was that jazz score by Chico Hamilton and Gabor Zabor, which, mm-hmm. which are great musicians. At some, there was some point in the film there, though, I, I heard that score, and there was some part where she'd kind of just come out of the house, and it got quite kind of <laughs> up and joyous, and I was like, okay, this is one mistake in the film. But, <laughs> mm. but for most of it, it's fantastic, that score. Yeah. I, the, just thinking about the music and just those strange moments, it really struck me how David Lynch, the whole film... Yes, I was going to say that, yeah. And, of course, David Lynch well, wouldn't be making films... David Lynch. Well, he wouldn't be making films for another, what, 10 years, I guess? Was mm. it Razorhead in 75? Yeah, about that. Around a bit, I just think the uh, you know the, the the rabbit rotting in the house, and yeah, the flies. Lovely. The yeah. rabbit it reminds me of a razorhead uh, creature. Yeah, mm-hmm. very similar. Very, and also the the guys walking down the street, the the cockney mu- musicians. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it was very Pretty David Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. very strange. And then of course the shot later on where she looks out the window and it, they're mm. just in the street. Yeah. Yeah, the nuns playing basketball. I mean, that's yeah, so. that's quite symbolic, eh? and yeah. she's kind of it's kind of like an innocence that's just beyond the fence kind mm-hmm. of thing, eh? Well, the bell, the bell, the ringing bell mm. becomes this. It's sort of it's almost like a trigger for her for mm. that, uh, whether it's a nightmare or whether it's a memory of this yeah. guy coming in and, and yeah. abusing her. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of lot going on. I, there. I think partly what you were talking about with the the quite banal images. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that works to that feeling of it being under the surface, right? Like, it's, it's, it's almost like we can't possibly represent on film or openly 
this this tension and this horrible feeling. So it's better just to represent it, um, just the kind of I don't know the the above ground of it, mm-hmm. which is often I find far more terrifying. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, it reminded me as well. Just to kind of compare it to other directors, I guess Hitchcock. So you know Lynch would come after, and Hitchcock came before. Yeah. Uh, and you know you had the opening with the eye very 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 yeah. go. You had the yeah. psycho, um, you know the sort of undertones mm. of somebody yeah. mm. having a fantasy and, and murdering people out of it. And I, I found the the murder scenes to be very Hitchcockian as well, uh, just how they were shot and how it was brutal like that. Mm. Yeah. And also and the body in the back. Shocking, 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 shocking. I couldn't believe she was killing people. I just <laughs> and I was half expecting the whole time for it to be in her mind, and I was yeah. so happy yeah. that. She really was just murdering these people. Yeah. Oh, that was really satisfying. When she kills the guy that's been going after her for a long time, that was that was that was one of the most shocking moments I've had in a long time. It's like, what? I thought she actually like she does have this fantastically ambivalent relationship with this man in the film, but she just turns around and just what does she do? How does she kill him again? She beats him with a candlestick. Yeah, Pluto stars. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then that moment where she rubs the blood off the door with a book. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was, that was amazing. Cool, yeah. yeah. What is that? Uh, was it scripted? I, I don't know. It seemed it. It felt very so natural. Yeah. yeah. It's quite. The, the film has a certain element of kind of cinema verite, mm. which is weird, coupled with obviously. I think that's why such brutal things like a big tear in the wall work because it's like <laughs> it's kind of coupled with very realistic images. Apart from that. Mm-hmm. So I did, I did read one person's uh, review or suggestion that Repulsion was the birth of modern um, horror compared to more than Psycho because in Repulsion you're, you're left ambivalent about what caused everything, whereas in Psycho you at least find out kind of what the main cause is. And so in the end of Repulsion, seeing as we're throwing everything around, there's a very uh, complicated image of... of of the, the girl as a young child zooming slowly in on her eyes where she's been staring at her father and we could just see that she'd been staring at her father and it's kind of has the suggestion that ah. he's been potentially Abusing the it. source mm-hmm. of this, this entire thing. You do feel like there's something going on there with that photo. I was, I was waiting for it to go back to the photo. I didn't pick up that she was looking at him particularly. I think that's what it is. I, 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 least, I think so too. That's what I got out of it. Or at least a, a male, an older male in your yeah. life. Yeah. Because hey, yeah. there's a couple of older guys in that photo. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's why it's ambivalent as well, is because it's not really the line of sight is not super direct, yeah. and it could just be showing that she's been in a weird state her entire yeah. life, or yeah. is struggling with some kind of schizophrenic. And, and it seems like the the reason for her her you know, reacting or acting out like this is, it's not really the point of the movie, is yeah. it? Yeah. No. Because it's, it's pretty ridiculous, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a pretty ridiculous <laughs> mm. story. Yeah. But you just go along for the ride. I found the opening, I mean, it's the book ended, isn't it? Because it starts with the eye and it yeah. ends with the yeah. eye. But just the opening of the film, really fascinating. And I still haven't yeah. really figured it out. But you, you, I assumed that it was a dead parent. I was like, you know, it was, it was this woman right. lying on a on a yeah. on a, on yeah. a table. Yeah. She's covered in paint. I was like, why is she covered in white yeah. paint? Why would you paint someone? And she's holding onto the hand, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And then it reveals which later, which later she stabs <laughs> or she cuts that was it or something. Oh, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, but this reveals that she's you know she's in a blue yeah. beauty parlor. And, yeah, mm-hmm. but just the whole setting of the beauty parlor, I, I thought felt really strange. Very interesting as well. But my interpretation was maybe I don't know. It wasn't really my interpretation, but it was a suggestion that. Maybe this was kind of meant to represent um, 
because a lot of it's about her isolation. Mm-hmm. Through the first, the introductory moments of the film, it's all about her being isolated. She walks along the street, the men are kind of wolf whistling, she goes home, her sister's kind of there for her, but totally not. She makes this meal and then decides, oh no, she doesn't make the meal, she says she's going to make the meal, and then she's getting kind of phone calls from people that are angry with her. It's all very isolated. I thought maybe the older man on the bed is kind of like a symbol of being disconnected from the previous generation of women, because this is obviously Mm. an older woman. Mm. Maybe something like that is another, like, it should be a source of comfort and connection, but instead she is doing labor with this woman who's kind of become a, she's kind of lying there like a marble um, plinth or something Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, I, or, or it's like a, it's the realm of women, isn't it? There's mm. no men in that world, but that world. Yeah, yeah. And so she's able to. It's the only place she really talks, isn't it? Mm. She doesn't really talk anywhere else. Yeah. Mm. Well, talking about uh, sanctuaries and <laughs> and places to revive and nice. feel safe. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> a cure for wellness. Oh wow! Gosh, what a so, movie. There's so much to talk about with this movie. <laughs> Did you guys notice that there was a there was a, a part at the start of Repulsion where they talk about eels in the sink? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, eels being one of the key motifs, mm-hmm. not even a motif, <laughs> key character <laughs> in, in a cure for wellness. Uh, yeah, what did you guys think? I'm really interested to see like if you guys managed to take this film somewhere, like whether you guys have got like kind of an I don't know more of an arc to understanding it than I did because I think I just went out and I was like oh god it's so terrible and then kind of couldn't be bothered with it well it was, it was a very long movie it, it was did what, not need two to be hours I saw the running time like, why is this film two hours 25 25 <laughs> I, I left the cinema and it was it was dark out um, yeah. the sun was high in the sky when I went in yeah I, I so, don't know Max like I I enjoy a lot about the movie yeah right. um, and I think there's a lot to admire about it it's just whether you accept the um, well, where the where the movie ends up, that would greatly affect your enjoyment yeah. of the final product. I think yeah, I get yeah yeah. I think you're right. You could you could go start. I was a bit questionable about, but yep, start and through the middle is pro- is kind of yeah. all right. Yeah. It's okay. So third act. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting there going, I've never seen a film like this where they've actually had a, a third act that pays off all of the tension and mystery. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the only way that they can kind of adequately explain it is that the main character was crazy all along, which is, of course, Shutter <laughs> Island. And I just picked that up from the trailer just like that. I was like, yeah. as, long as, as long as Leo's character is not the crazy one, I'll be fine. And that was the ending. I'm like, boo! <laughs> Jimmy, um, you just spoke Shut Up! Oh, I don't care because it's so obvious from my point of view. <laughs> And, uh, but, um, this one, I was like, how are they going to pay this off? Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently how they do that is by introducing Dracula, yeah. who has face-off technology. <laughs> uh, audience, I am not making this up. You know face-off, the John Woo movie? They have this, and it's on, basically, Dracula. And, uh, and he's sucking people's souls out to make rejuvenation potion, and it is insane. It is insane. I love how that popped out. We're kind of like dancing around, like, introduce the movie, dancing around, dancing around. Damn! <laughs> then it hits you! Because that's what it's kind of like at the end. And then he yeah. gets sliced through the head with a spade, and again, it's just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> what about just the extreme violent moments? Like, when he yes. gets his tooth drilled. Oh, Holy moly, ridiculous. that that was... And then it just moves on, and then yeah. he's got teeth again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, those were den- those have to be dentures, right? Or did he drink? No, he didn't dream it up because he was going drive, drive. Yeah, yeah. He no, got- it's because 
It's because after that he went into the asylum, right? And was yeah. kind of like part and of the And then it asylum. shows you so that like he smiles. Oh, he yes. Smiled. Yeah. They gave See, that was a slightly ambivalent aspect. I thought, I I thought the movie was going to end there. I thought it was going to end there. And then it turns all out into like the boogeyman. Oh, see, I enjoyed the actual final shot of him cycling away. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was a nice shot. Very creepy. Yeah. I, I will say the movie... is quite kind of complicated. Uh, overall, the movie is beautiful. Like, yeah. Yeah. I it's early in 2017, but I would say yeah, it's the most beautiful movie hands down I've seen this year. Really movie. impressive, yeah, and really impressive. Just how like Gorbachevinsky places his camera, and one of the opening shots where you see in the trailer, um, it's a train going around a curve yeah. into a tunnel, and just reflection, a pure reflection on the window. Maybe it was aided by CGI, maybe it wasn't, but it looked absolutely astounding. Um, they also do some setup at the beginning with the office blocks, kind of murky and pea green, rising up into storm clouds. Which holy See, moly! I was I was already because I'd seen all of those in the trailer. What oh, yeah. I, what blew me away is when he's first going into the the, the health clinic or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and it's just this, this, these circling shots of them going through these like brick tunnels and just mm. the sense of a maze and just mm. kind of circling around, and then oh. the way that they leave, and then he's like looking at the girl, and you can see her for ages. Just the sense of just confusion mm, and circling mm, and mm, lasers. Flow and the, 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 of course, and, yeah. the um, the main sequence in the steam room. The steam room. Oh, yeah. that. that is that is a pretty amazing scene. The whole yeah. sequence, yeah, yeah sequence, so good. Yeah. And the guy going disappearing to the water, and then yeah. is he dead? And then he sort of pops up. <laughs> <at the end. laughs> so overall, I'm interested. So you guys were kind of maybe a little bit more positive than I was. I think overall, I just felt like. There's just so many things that have been thrown into this, and it was just like like they kind of got this ethical thing at the start about. I mean, there is this aspect of the, the, business corruption, the social commentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. Just like, how does that, how does that come into Wait, it? In like, the end, Dracula is like, "Well, I used to experiment on peasants, but now the peasants come to me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and the gender politics. I mean, I want to talk about gender politics in oh, both films. Yeah. I mean, it does not pass the Bechdel test by <laughs> any means. And poor, whatever her name is. Yeah. Mia God. God. Yeah. She just is just, her character is nothing. And she gets a, just, well, she pretty much, she's getting raped at the end of the movie. And yeah. it's just so like. That's her character. That's her whole motivation is to lie on the bed, get tied up. And, oh, wait, wait, she gets the killing blow. So it's, oh. Yeah. I just, so problematic. So problematic. Um. <laughs> And then the gender politics have really got me questioning with, with Repulsion because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she is the protagonist, but she doesn't really have much of a character. Right. See, I, find, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's, in some ways, it is... I mean, it's, it's complicated when you've got the background of Roman Polanski making you kind of question everything. That's true. If it's mm-hmm. positive, I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From this guy? Yeah. But at the same time, it, it felt to me like dealing with an issue of a woman being in London and like basically it's, in some ways it's kind of a cry for help and saying like yeah. this is what can happen to and because she's someone. a foreigner as well right mm. like is she from France or Belgium or yeah Belgium yeah okay. Some, some, yeah, yeah. yeah somewhere in Europe mm, yeah. yeah I don't know so I don't know I just, it just got me thinking and, and yeah because Cure for Wellness is very much the male gaze and I guess being that it effectively is Dracula mm-hmm. um, is yeah it is about sex isn't it Sort of. That's sort of. Kind this is of? one of the many I mean, topics. There's eels. Pop- there's there's much much to be said about eels. Eels as an image was so cool. They had so much fun with that. Whether it all meant anything doesn't. I don't really. It, it, it looked cool. Man. You guys are kind of reminding me of 
better bits than I remember. There's, there's, there are some great kind of sequences. It's just like it's just a mess overall. There's yeah. few chunks of really like him in the tank with the eels. Is oh amazing. my yeah. god! So and, fun. and I mean, even if there were no eels, just that that whole setting, mm. how you're trapped in a huge base, the iron lung that's mm. filling with water. Um, the technician is out there doing some weird stuff. Yeah, that's a that weird was, scene as yeah. well. Just that, that was really unsettling. Of, like it is, it is interesting because he because Vabinsky does manage to kind of create a place that seems. What's nice about it is that it kind of seems perfect and very patterned, mm-hmm. but it's not. It doesn't miss any of the grainy detail of kind of real life. Like it, you, you've got kind of one of the images of, is of like kind of an aquarium and these older women swimming past yeah. in kind of a pattern. Oh, it's beautiful, but they're not. They're not just machine cut women just going chink 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 they've actually got detail and they're looking around and I don't yeah, know I felt yeah. like there was detail it's choreographed but yeah. they're still allowing space for detail mm-hmm. yeah I can't remember how that linked back up but well I think I think that's probably one of the strengths of Gore Vivinsky he is a he is a really good visual director mm-hmm. and if he's got a good script and, he, and someone who's editing his films down he can be fantastic and <laughs> mm. um, when you get to the last part of the Caribbean the third part of the Caribbean film that he directed yeah. Um, you know, it's overblown. It's just bloated. It's just, it's just bloated. And this yeah. film's bloated. Yeah. I feel like if this movie had a better ending and, um, and it had been cut down more, it, it would have been a really good film. Because there's also the scene in the pub where she dances, which is a really, yeah. I found that a really fascinating yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, this is cool with the, with the punk rockers or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And just this kind of weird dynamic and she's sort of fascinating them. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it just didn't mean anything. That was a pretty interesting dynamic when they went down there. That was quite cool. It, it, it actually reminded me of like a slo- softer version of Green Room, probably mm. just because they met Lizzo Punks and you just the, the cultural differences. Between yeah, them, yeah, you know, and kind of be, having to be in the middle of that. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely, definitely agree about Blow Jeremy. Uh, one of my main issues with the movie is actually just about how much information is really repeated. Mm. And mm. I know oftentimes, you know, it's really hard for a movie to pitch it right, especially a m- movie with a central mystery like this one, uh, so that the audience is kept guessing. But it felt to me at every turn, when Dane DeHaan learned something, like I as the audience had figured it out, what, two, mm. three scenes prior? Yeah, like the eels in the toilet. I was yes. like, well, it's clearly eels. <laughs> what like, else could it be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also the water. From the very, very first oh, scene, it's, it's like, so have you drunk the water? Mm. And he was, you know, oh, okay, I'll drink the water. And two hours later, literally two hours later, it's the water and you see scary shots and there's like a big yeah. swell of music. And it just felt the movie seem very... Uh, it made the movie seem very uh, dumb in a yeah. certain way. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. And then the ending also made it feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of more images, just the movie does have great images. When he's trapped in the, in the steam barrel thing and he's being force-fed eels... That was horrifying. It's brilliant. Mm. It's so good. I, going, I love the movie for these moments. You see the tube like distend his yes. tracky. Oh my god! I was telling my flatmate about that, and she was just like, "Not too much details." And I kind of got into telling her, "She's like, this is too much details." <laughs> and and when when Dracula turns on the tap, and the eels don't come down at first, but you see the uh, the sediment at yeah. the bottom of the the mm. big IV thing mm. slowly go into the tube, and the eels circle, circle, and it's like, "Oh man, yeah. it's going in." Yeah. 
Yeah. And eels, I mean, they're, they're kind of gross, but they're not that gross. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've, I've seen eels, and I've seen a lot of eels, and mm-hmm. I'm not too horrified by them. <laughs> uh, but it still made it very, very disturbing. Yeah. And, and of course, the tooth scene, which made me squirm in my seat. Oh, that was they do not so cut away. They don't cut away. So wow. <laughs> it's just horrible. Even now, I'm just like, guys, what was the point yeah, of that? What was the oh, point? so stupid. That's so, one of the. That's one of the things that they. Oh no, they. No, actually, I was thinking about commonalities, mm-hmm. and I thought that, that was one of the commonalities was going to be one of the commonalities between them. But actually, I must have misremembered repulsion because it's not actually that gory. Apart from slicing the man with her on razor. The, on the back of the neck. Oh, uh, yeah, so you don't even really see that, no, do you? No, it's more, and partly because I don't think they've got the budget for it, mm-hmm. it looked like. But, um, and the sil- I love the silence and just yes. the ticking clock mm. when she's Constant. getting raped or whatever it is. Or, or the, phone, the phone ringing. Yeah. 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 Great, like, audio motifs. And, and, yeah, and you just kind of, you can feel that, right? You're like, you're in that scene, you're like, oh, I just, like, yeah. I don't know, there's something intensely... You, you want it to be picked up, but at the same time, you're like, this can't be any help at this moment, you know? Like, I, I do, you know, thinking of Rosemary's Baby for both films, you know, oh, and just yes. the scene where she's lying in bed and she's in repulsion when she sees the person next door and they're trying to open the door and then eventually they open the door and it's just so scary and that yeah. domestic quality. Mm. Yes, domestic yeah. invasion into the safe space. Absolutely. And yeah. it reminds me of just the horror of Rosemary's Baby where she discovers that there's this like secret passageway between her apartment and the next door neighbor's apartment. And I just found that so terrifying. Mm. It's like the film Housebound. Have you guys seen Housebound? Oh, I love Housebound. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and when you learn that there's a guy living in the walls, yeah. Yeah. I find that... I was like, oh, I'm not going to be scared by this movie. And I found that terrifying. Mm. <laughs> you know, Housebound is great, eh? Housebound yeah, is great. That was one of my favourite movies of the yeah. 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 But yeah, Rosemary's Baby, you know, it's, it's, it's very much... Um, it's connected, I guess, to Repulsion. And I, I understand Cul-de-Sac as well. It's like his... His, you know, apartment city dwelling yeah. kind of mm, unofficial mm. trilogy. Well, no, no, I, yeah, I think with Tenant, the Tenant, I can't actually remember the Tenant, but just in my research before this, I think it was the Tenant that's the third one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, in some ways, I felt like you put Repulsion. I feel like if you put Repulsion and um, Rosemary's Baby together, it comes out a lot closer to Cure for Wellness. Yeah, I agree. You know, they, 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 yeah. The ancient kind of conspiracy that, factor. Good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, and speaking. Sorry, speaking of conspiracies. Oh, so, sorry, I'll be. No, no, you're going. Um, uh, I I actually very much admire how the visuals of Kill for Wellness plays out in the climax, uh, where Gore Verbinski and his team basically stuff it. Let's go for broke. Uh, and you see rings upon rings of hooded figures. Oh, And they're my holding gosh. candles. They end up in a ballroom, and everyone's dancing with these snuggy things on. And it's like, wow, <laughs> just wow. I agree. I was like, what is going on? Like, it's just very, very thin exposition. Yeah. You know, I, I love why it's just there. Like, Stuff it, let's go for breath. <laughs> it's such a good way to think about it. I'm sure that's pretty much what happened. Like, And then it catches on fire. And then it catches <laughs> on fire, yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't want to be on fire when we're in these huge snuggy things. <laughs> yeah. And then I did enjoy the touch with all the old people. Like, isn't it beautiful? Like, clearly they are just so drinking the coolie that they have no idea what's yeah. going on. Yeah, I quite like that. And that the, the sort of... the. The happiness that you'd seen up until that point was was completely drugged out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I struggled a bit. Like, what was 
like in terms of the morals and stuff, I was kind of like, okay, do we? <laughs> Obviously, I know that's ridiculous, Stephen. <laughs> don't work yourself to death. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was kind of like, okay, so we're gonna make the uh, corporate world look bad in comparison to. Oh wait, no. We're gonna make the asylum look bad in comparison to the punks. Oh no. Um, so there's kind of no contrast. The main actor is relatively forgettable. I thought he was yeah. he was fine, but I I, I liked him. Yeah, I quite like him. He was fine. I like Dane Hahn gener- generally. Is um, that his name? Dane Hahn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, to be Punk. fair, he was actually fine. I just think his character was just yeah. mm. not very likable. He just didn't have yeah. any endearing. Qualities. He just seemed so slow, <laughs> both physically and mentally. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, and kind of linking back to um, to Repulsion, of course, the sound effects, the sound design for his crutches mm. also reminded me a lot of the sound design in the earlier film as well, uh, where he's always heralded throughout the entire movie by the sound of his crutches, and it, it's kind of a, a audio cue as to his disability and his... Mm his kind of uh, weakness and vulnerability in such an environment, which I thought was uh, super cool. Mm. Mm. Fair point, fair point. Mm. I saw, I mean, I saw The Shining in there as well. I mean, mm. always the classic shots of the, the car, the, and... also the car driving up the mountain. Yep. And, yep. Um, and, you know, and, and sort of the, the various horror that was going on, yeah, in the corridors and things like that. Actually, just thinking about it, The Ring is such a good film. Oh, Gorbachevsky's so The Ring. It's <laughs> so much better. And the, and the Hitchcock references throughout the whole film is really impressive. Yeah. Cinematography is just as impressive. Mm. Uh, but just a tighter, tighter story. Mm. And, yeah. and it all makes sense. And mm. all the characters, you know, have you seen The Ring? No. Well, I think I have, but I haven't seen it for a long time. Is it? So that wouldn't be a very big budget. Not, not. Uh, it was I'm a big guessing, success. Yeah. yeah. It was a big commercial success. Oh, okay. That made him into like a really big name. Mm. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I mean, he did well to get the big budget on that one, on this one, I mean. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's just his I, name. I, well, well, considering really, he did Lone Ranger, yeah. which was like the biggest, right. one of the Flop biggest Disney, Disney flops. And, and even that, I think, has a lot going for it. I know you and I both quite enjoy Lone Ranger. Yeah, but it's just, again, yeah. bloated. I know. Cut an hour out of your movie, The, the final action sequence is so good that it's just a shame the rest of the movie is such a mess. It just goes on and on and on. So yeah. There's almost, with Cure for Wellness, what I was thinking when I was treating it more seriously... For <laughs> <laughs> the first hour. <laughs> hour and a half or two. Um, was this kind of connections with, even then I've got a critique of it, but... Yeah. Um, Connections with that other movie that just came out recently, um, uh, Sixth Sense. Um, oh, oh, Split. Split, yeah. Just in terms of kind of pushing things like, okay, are we set in the world or are we not set in the world? And kind of just like mm. slowly pushing that out. The deer somehow that um, interrupts his car has somehow been controlled by the people at the asylum, probably. Maybe. And then it just yeah. breaks it. Like, they need it. Yeah, Filmmakers these never... days need to just keep a tighter rein on that. Well, need... Maybe that doesn't satisfy big audiences these days. No, I think it's a good. I think it's a fair <sighs> criticism. I think you need to set up your rules early on. Yeah, you know, audiences will accept one or two fallacies, mm-hmm. you know, or fantasies. Yeah. But when you start introducing flipping Dracula in the third act of the film, <laughs> it's just like, come on, man! And then they never really explained why he was having these these. Um, Hallucinations. No, no. It was never really yeah. explained. So, th- wait, wait, did, like, did his mother die or not? I'm still quite confused yeah, about Oh, this. true. <laughs> There's that scene where he's, he's in the funeral. Yeah, yeah. Is it a flash forward? 
Oh, it's so frustrating because part of me was like, "Do I like this? That it's ambiguous? No, it's just not. Doesn't know what the hell it's doing." Yeah. Because the editing is pretty crappy. It is. It really is. Repulsion yeah. is 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 satisfyingly ambiguous. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's how you do ambiguity. <laughs> so as a comparison, it's quite interesting though. Wait, like this, it did it did work out quite nicely in the sense that a lot of com- a lot of comparable factors. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously both quite surreal horrors with this these things going on that aren't in reality but they're visualizing them. Huge factor of claustrophobia, and as far as I can tell, like maybe that's the most you can say for cure for wellness. That's its purpose is basically to kind of come up with a bizarre mystery and then just it just didn't know how to finish it yeah. or something like that. It just seemed like they're having lots of fun with the sentences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it reminded me of a '90s Tim Burton film or a or a Peter Jackson film, especially from the, 90s. the character as played by Mia Goth. Yeah, yeah, very. <laughs> she she talking about the Shining. She looks like uh, what's her face, um, the the wife in The Shining. Um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but the actress who plays the wife, um, mm. Shelley Shelley Duval Duval. Thank you, oh, Shelley okay. Duval. She looks like her. She's got that same. Oh sort of yeah, look. she does. Uh, but, but I think the ending with the flames and the burning—it was—it felt very nineties. It was a sort of climax. Yeah, of, yeah actually, I was going to say that. That's right. You, you're still talking about cure. Yeah, cure yeah. wellness. Yeah, yeah, it did. The whole film felt out of time. I felt like yeah. it felt like late nineties, early two thousands, kind of big, like end of days, kind of or that kind of yeah. adventure where it's just like uh, yeah. it doesn't really. Especially the uh, the big reveal with the smash photo frame. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, part of me likes part of me likes the fact that they're trying to make a slightly middle ground film in terms yeah. of not the not the independent, not the big budget. Yep. Something yeah, in the middle. Uh, it just it's just a shame that it wasn't tighter. Because yeah. it, it's really quite interesting. I was reading a little bit about the background. It's not a huge budget movie. I think it was budgeted at around fourteen million. Yeah, but it is... looks far more mm. expensive. Yeah. Which, it just goes to show the the visual stylist um, mm. is very very strong. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, uh, and the cinematography obviously. Oh, it's just, awesome. Yeah, very. Just um, we talked about the steam room. How that he uses very. Uh, it felt to me like Wes Anderson the like ninety mm. degree pans. Mm. Mm. So cool, just to create a sense of claustrophobia and space. I wonder how many of the eels were real as well. Mm. They looked yeah. pretty real to me. They didn't, mm. look, didn't look, and it would have no, been. Oh, I think yeah. Yeah, Always I the think, I think with the tube going down his throat, I mean, not that sounds stupid that I'm even talking about it, but like you could see, I think they'd actually put a real tube into his throat, but then obviously done the CGI on yeah, the, yeah, that, yeah. around the actual. Well, it would have been there. relatively and easy to. I think the actual eels were. Yeah. Well, they could have dollied it though as well, so they could have filmed one sh- one pass where the eels are going into a bucket, mm. yeah, and then another pass where the tube is in his mm. mouth, and then mm. they can bound and put them on them together. But uh, did you guys see how this movie did at the box office? Well, it came out officially in 2016 in the States. Oh, really? It? Yeah. Wow. Because it, it bombed hard. Uh, it was beaten by La La Land, I think, in its 11th week or something like that. Like, <laughs> it debuted at 10th place, which for a like studio pick that opens wide mm, is basically mm. unheard of. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, like I, I actually, in a perverse way, really appreciate this movie. Um, as you were saying, Jimmy, it's kind of finding a very narrow middle, middle ground between independent and big mm. studio mm. and big budget. And I just wish more, more people would be w- willing to go weird like this movie does. Because it, it's not a good movie, uh, but I don't fault it for its weirdness. Like mm. it's, I, I love that weird stuff. And mm. to have a real personal take on what is scary or what is cool 
And just to put it out there, seemingly without thought of the audience response, mm. uh, it's really cool. Yeah. I actually agree with you. I would much rather see a film try and do something and fail than not try at all. Sure. And, and I think that, yeah, I agree with you, William, that this is, a, this is that kind of middle-of-the-road film that we don't see very often. And it was really satisfying but in terms of that, in terms of being, yeah. being strange. So yeah. even though it pissed me off that it was just a mess <laughs> at the end and was just ridiculous, I loved all of those moments. Yeah. It was really satisfying, mm. The, mm. the eels and the dance and the great cinematography <laughs> and the, the music was really good as well. The music was great. Really, mm. I was expecting it to be Hans Zimmer and it wasn't. Um, I, think this is, I think it's the first Gorbavinsky film not to use Hans Interesting. Zimmer. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It doesn't surprise me that I didn't do anything. Nobody knows about this movie. No, no. I mean, no talk about it. So no. I, I told you guys kind of the story. Uh, I went to see it by myself. Uh, I was the only person in the cinema, which was a little airy. And then someone who I'm pretty sure was a homeless lady came <laughs> in and sat behind me. And so it was just the two of us through the entire thing. Uh, and then the movie ended, she left, and I left. And that was the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I lost my wallet at the screening of my one, so oh, no. that's part of the reason I'm so downtrodden about it. Have you found your we, interest, It was an interesting night. We managed to kind of have to spend quite a lot of money because we went to the screening, had accidentally got the wrong the timing of the Lux one, the, the, the luxurious one, which was $30 a piece. For and, Cure for Wellness. Um, for Cure for Wellness, right? So you can see why we're... But like, it's, like a, we went, it's like a prophetic name. Isn't it? <laughs> we decided to go because we're like, oh, it's going to be too late otherwise because it's two and a half hours long. Yeah. And then I lose my wallet, so it's all just... Oh, <laughs> probably surrounds gosh. it. But I think that, that there's definitely... These two films, Repulsion and Cure for Wellness, are a bit on a spectrum in the sense of that it's a real horror... But at the same time, one's set in the middle of nowhere and one's set very importantly in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah. One's true. not in touch with reality whatsoever, which is cure for wellness. And Repulsion's almost like is super intensely in touch with reality. Yeah. And one's got next to no narrative. Yeah. Repulsion's just kind of... Just flows. Free flowing, yeah. yeah. And then this one has too much narrative. Uh, but, but it's funny, even with those differences, um, uh, just think about it now. Both movies are really to do with isolation as well. Yeah. Um, and about how removed a person or a small, like, weird little society can be yeah. from, like, the wider world. Mm. I was interested. I was, I was hoping there'd be more themes of that. That's what I was going into it thinking, that it was going to be kind of thematics of... Um, I mean, there are thematics of conformity and people uh, becoming zombies from being part of, you know, being told something that they need, but it doesn't really explore it. No, No, it's so half-assed. You know, we had a lot of discussions about what film we would pair for Cure for Wellness, and we sort of threw around the cabinet of Dr. Caligari as as potentially being, you know, visually very similar. Uh, We talked about One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest Mm -hmm. and looking at asylum films, but... I think all of us, having seen The Cure for Wellness, quickly scrambled to be like, mm. oh, yeah, it's really not what we expected. <laughs> to be Should fair, have just done, just done like Underworld or like yeah, a yeah, yeah. movie. Dracula, yeah. <laughs> My gosh. So, yeah, I mean, let's do some final comments. Uh, Max, we'll start with you. What do you reckon? I kind of already made my final comments, but, um, yeah... Uh, Roman Polanski, as a, as a general kind of ode to Roman Polanski, it's great to go back to Repulsion, which is probably in some ways his most artsy kind of film. And if you feel like watching a sit down um, and deal with some um, tough issues, then go to Repulsion. Otherwise, still revisit. Okay, I'm going to put in another plug. 
Um, knife in the Water, fantastic kind of uh, small um, scenario with a few people on a boat, fantastic um, thriller. Um, whereas Cure for Wellness, I don't care for. <laughs> it was, there were some great moments in it, to be fair. When you guys reminded me a bit, it, there, there were some great moments in it. Fair enough. William, what do you reckon? Cool. Well, uh, this is the first time I, I've seen Repulsion, which is pretty cool, like a real cool first experience. Uh, I did get a message from Max beforehand saying, if you want to watch it, it's pretty slow, so sit down with a box of snacks, uh, which I did, and I enjoyed myself greatly. Um, just a really like atmospheric um, horror film in the sense that it's just unsettling through so much of it and such a wonderful feeling. It's quite a 60s kind of artsy film, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In, in so many parts. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and plus the, the mere fact that it's black and white and they play with shadows so well in, mm. in a lot of the scenes. Um, and then Cure for Wellness, like I, I love Gore Verbinski. Um, Rango is one of my favorite movies, or well, my favorite movie of his, but one of my favorite movies in general of the last couple of years. Um, and I think that's a pretty good example of when he has a script that's tight, uh, but also allows him space to just exhibit that weird fascination he has with the grotesque and with the very, very singular, um, I, I would say, um, things he's enthusiastic about. Like, if you watch Rango, kids kids aren't going to want plush toys of these characters. They're, they're ugly, they're hideous. Mm. Uh, but he thinks they're pretty cool. And I think his movies always have... Um, given more or less an enthusiasm about the stuff that he finds visually interesting mm. that is conta contagious and that's a really really cool feeling uh, Cure for Wellness yeah it, it sucks it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not good <laughs> final word uh, well I have to I have to talk, talk or I have to agree with you William uh, I, you know I love Gore Verbinski I think I might actually watch Rango tonight because I've never seen it Ooh, but cool. I, my love of, of, of all of his other films is strong um, Cure for Wellness is a mess I do think I could use the old scene in, a, in an English class and, and you know look at the, the shots because he's so skilled at putting together beautiful scenes and I think if he had someone culling a lot of the in-between stuff both at the script level and at the editing stage mm -hmm. uh, he would have a really strong film maybe not on his hands with this one but he would have more stronger movies as his career went by uh, and Repulsion I agree I was the first time I watched it I had a really good time I love Roman Polanski it's one of the ones I've been meaning to watch and it was it was a really good film uh, and settling just a really enjoyable experience. Catherine Deneuve was fantastic. She was I so think good. She just owned, owned kind the of bleached screen. out character, eh? Yeah. And she didn't, she barely said anything and said so much. She was just using her eyes, lot. just her eyes. So Which is awesome. always so impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, really glad to watch that. And I think that the pairing of these movies actually, I mean, when I watched Repulsion after watching Cure for Wellness, I was quite excited about having this discussion because <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's a lot to mine here. So, yeah, very good thing. Anyways, thank you for listening to Cinema in Context. Make sure you check us out in a month's time where we discuss another two films. Until next time, ka kite anō.